0: brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that shares your values. More information is available at CharityMobile.com. Have a blessed Saturday, and for you today I have a often forgotten letter by Pope Innocent III that talks about the very great gravity of sin, especially when a priest commits sins. Priests are expected of much better than you or I, and when prelates sin, the greater the gravity. Of the sin innocent the third goes on so far as to say what might be a venial sin for you or i is a mortal sin for a priest think about that for a moment especially in light of things in the news lately i'll let the blessed pontiff speak for himself the letter of pope innocent the third called in council of priests if the priest who is anointed sins making the people guilty he will offer to the Lord for his sin a young bull without blemish, and he will lead it to the door of the tabernacle of testimony before the Lord, and place his hand on his head, and sacrifice it to the Lord. The words that I have spoken to you, dearest brothers, are the words of the Lord speaking to Moses in Leviticus about atoning for the serious sin of a priest. Now there are four kinds of persons for whom sacrifices are to be offered, the priest and the prince, the people, and the individual soul. Further, just as the sin of the priest is described first, so it is judged to be the gravest, due both to the dignity of his office and to the perversity of his example. The first is noted when it is said, If the priest who is anointed sins. The second, when it is added, Making the people guilty. As in Juvenal's satire, the greater the offender, the more conspicuous is every vice of the heart. Many actions are trifling for subordinates that are serious for prelates, and many sins are venial for the laity that are mortal sins for the clergy. For who will heal the charmer struck by a serpent? And if a priest sins, who will pray for him? Certainly the higher the status, the heavier the fall. For whom more is entrusted, from him more is demanded. There shall be a severe judgment for those who rule. To you, priest, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the others in parables... But the servant who knows the will of his Lord and does not do it shall be beaten with many blows. To you, priest, are given the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind upon earth will be bound also in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed also in heaven. But woe to you if you kill souls which are not dying or restore life to souls which are not living. To you, priest, it is given to consecrate bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus Christ. But if you eat unworthily, You eat a judgment for yourself, not discerning the body of the Lord. How is it that by your sin you make the people guilty? Through you the name of God is blasphemed among the nations. For the Son can do only what he sees the Father doing, and he offers an excuse. It is enough for the disciple if he is like his master. The layman asks, why not commit adultery when the priest fornicates? Why not commit usury when the priest is a usurer? assuredly the priest is worthy of as many deaths as the examples of mortal ruin he gives to the people if the head is infirm the whole body will be feeble for the whole head is infirm and the whole heart sad from the sole of the foot to the top of the head there is no soundness in it when heretics see us sin they teach that alms should not be given to us drawing on the authority of sacred scripture which says let the alms sweat in your hands until you find someone who is just to whom you may give them It does not say, until you find a priest who is adulterous, drunken, envious, proud, perjurious, avarice, committing usury, and such, but it says, until you find someone who is just to whom you may give. Offerings, tithes, or first fruits are to be given to ministers of God, not to servants of the devil, for whoever commits sin is a servant of sin. When heretics see a sin, they teach that our preaching should not be listened to proving this by the authority of sacred scripture, which says, God said to the sinner, Why do you expound my laws and put my covenant in your mouth? When an offensive mediator is sent to intercede, the animosity of the angry plaintiff is provoked to worse things. Because, if his life is despised, it follows that his preaching is held in contempt. And it may be said to him, Physician, heal thyself. First, cast the beam out of your own eye, and then take the mote from your brother's eye. The prophet also, before he is commissioned to preach, is first cleansed of sin, and his mouth is touched with a coal taken from the altar with tongs. When heretics see a sin, they teach that we cannot conf- confect the church's sacraments, citing the authority of Scripture, which says, I will curse your blessings. And when you increase the number of your prayers, I will not listen to you, for your hands are filled with blood. Whatever the uncleanest touch will be unclean. Therefore let our light shine before men so that they may see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. If then the priest who is anointed sins, making the people guilty, he will offer to the Lord for his sin a young bull without blemish. It is not enough for the priest to offer for his sin a turtle dove or a pigeon, a kid goat or a lamb, a female goat or a sheep. He must offer a young bull, not of any quality whatsoever, but one without blemish, not just anywhere but at the door of the tabernacle. Not before any one he pleases, but before the Lord. Not in any manner he pleases, but he will place his hand on its head and sacrifice it to the Lord. For the sinful soul it is commanded that he offers a female goat. For the sinful prince it is commanded that he offer a male goat. But for the sin of the priest, just as the sin of the people, it is commanded that a young bull without blemish must be offered. From this the conclusion must be drawn that the sin of the priest is equivalent to the sin of the whole people, because the priest in his sin brings guilt down upon the people. Therefore let the priest offer for his sin a young bull without blemish, because a great sin must be atoned for by a great victim. The young bull without blemish symbolizes the contrite spirit, since an afflicted spirit is a sacrifice to God, and God does not despise a contrite and humble heart. This young bull, this victim, this sacrifice should be offered to the Lord for sin, so that the young bull which by sinning had been unrestrained in its pride might be repentance be restrained through humility and put on the yoke of Christ, of which he says in the gospel, My yoke is sweet and my burden light. Then God will accept the sacrifice of justice. Then you will lay young bulls upon his altar. In this way, let the priest lead the young bull to the door of the tabernacle by confessing his sins, and place his hand on its head by deeds of atonement, and sacrifice it to the Lord by heartfelt contrition, so that signs of thought may be washed away in the heart, sins of speech in the mouth, sins of deed by good actions, so that the young girl is raised from the dead at home, the young man at the gate, Lazarus in the tomb. In this way, then, let the prince lead the young bull to the door of the tabernacle, If we understand the tabernacle to be the body in which, according to the apostle, we are absent from the Lord, surely by the door of the tabernacle we should understand the mouth of the body, of which David says, Place, O Lord, our guard at my mouth, a door round about my lips. To this door the young bull is led when the secret of the heart emerges through confessing his sins. Speak your iniquities, Scripture says, that you may be acquitted. For the innocent man is his own first accuser he who accuses himself before god god will excuse him and he who excuses himself before god god will accuse him let us turn to the gospel where we will find an example two men went up to the temple in order to pray the confession of a crime in a human court is vastly removed from one made in the divine tribunal for one condemns while the other pardons in the one the guilty person confesses and is punished In the other the guilty person is absolved and for that reason the prophet begs god let not the deep swallow me up nor the mouth of the pit close over me moreover great care must be taken be lest one be taken to the door of the tabernacle not a young bull but a fox for anyone who reveals his sins only in part and partially hides them or confesses one part of a sin to one confessor and another part to another or discloses the fact of the sin while suppressing the intention behind it or minimizes and makes excuses for his offense, that one clearly leads forward not a young bull, but a fox. For foxes have holes in the birds of the air nests. May we, however, as the prophet says, offer the young bulls of our lips, confessing altogether every circumstance by which we have sinned the more, in place, in time, in number, in person, according to age, according to knowledge, according to the kind of sin and their sequence, if done easily, frequently, openly, or persistently. This is commanded, that the young bull be led to the door of the tabernacle before the Lord, who searches desires and hearts. All things are open and naked to his eyes, for whom no secret lies hidden, and whom nothing hidden deceives. Indeed, in the human court the guilty one confesses a sin. The judge must pass sentence. In the divine court, when the guilty confesses a sin, the Lord forgets it. For at whatever hour the sinner will have converted and been contrite, then the Lord says, I will forget all his iniquities. So let the priest to whom the sinner confesses, not as to a man, but as to God, beware, lest perhaps after the confession is heard he remembers the sin, that is, lest by word or sign he might indicate that he knows the fault, since it is not said that the young bull be brought to the door of the tabernacle before man, but before the Lord. In fact, the priest who reveals the sin sins more gravely than does the man who commits the sin. The text continues, And let him place his hand on its head. But the head of the young bull is represented the governance of the mind, the power of reason, as in, anoint your head and wash your face. The hand represents service, as in the text, my life is continually in my hands. Thus we place our hand on the head of the young bull when we base our service on reason. As the apostle says, let our service be rational so that we may produce fruits appropriate to repentance. The hand has five fingers and atonement has five parts. Roughness in dress, abstinence from food, perseverance in prayer, interruption of sleep, and largesse in alms. The prophet David says of these in the psalm, I put on sackcloth, I humbled my soul with fasting, and I withdrew my prayer into my bosom, and I arose at midnight to praise you. But in all these things he should place his hand on the head of the young bull, so that his service may be reasonable. Lest, perhaps, if the beast is overloaded, it may stumble, but if burdened too little, it may become wanton. The quality of repentance having been weighed, the degree of punishment should then be in proportion to the degree of guilt. It should not be so light that he will be presumptuous, nor so heavy that he will despair. I speak humanely because of the weakness of your flesh, for once you surrendered your bodies to iniquity, serving in and sinfulness, so now submit them to serve justice and sanctification. Woe to those who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel, who bind up heavy and insupportable burdens and lay them on men's shoulders but with their own finger will not move them. So let the priest take his hand on the head of the young bull and sacrifice it to the Lord. To sacrifice the young bull is to crush the heart, so that, according to the apostle Peter, it may die to sin and live to justice. When it is killed in this way, then it is given new life. When it is struck in this way, then it is healed. I, says the Lord, will kill and I will give life. I will strike and I will heal. Therefore, let our young bull be killed. Let it be immolated, so that it may not rise up to sin again. It is the scoffer, not the penitent, who continues to do what he claims to repent. The dog returned to his vomit. It is the penitent once more at sin. Now there are indeed some who offer the young bull, but do not immolate it. These are those who repent of one sin, but delight in another. It is futile for any one to repent unless he repents of all, because God does not pardon by halves. He healed the whole man on the Sabbath. He cast out seven demons simultaneously, the number seven showing that all sins were forgiven. From another he drove out a legion of demons, showing that whatever sins are in person, it is necessary to repent of them all. If, as the gospel says, sins that have been forgiven return because of one new sin, then by how much more are all sins retained because of the one unabsolved sin? If, therefore, the priest who is anointed sins making the people guilty... He shall offer to the Lord for his sin a young bull, without blemish, and he will lead it to the door of the tabernacle of testimony before the Lord, and place his hand on its head, and sacrifice it to the Lord. Therefore, dearest brothers, let us live our lives not only blamelessly, but also prudently, blamelessly, lest we contaminate the unction of the orders which we have received. That is, if the priest who is anointed sins, as if to say, The priest is not to sin, lest he contaminate the unction. Or this reference to the unction is added to exclude those who, although of the priestly family, could not be anointed, and were unfit to minister because they were blemishes of the body. Let us also live prudently, lest we corrupt others by our example, according to the words, making the people guilty. As if to say, let him not sin, lest by sinning he corrupt the people. Or according to the Hebrew text, if the priest who is anointed commits a sin that brings the people to guilt, that is, if he does what would be sinful to the laity, then that action is all the more condemnable in the priest. Let us preserve, therefore, the sanctity of our hearts and bodies as befits ministers of God and priests of God, the Lord Jesus Christ sustaining us, who is over all things. God blessed forever. Amen. And that is the letter to the priests of Pope Innocent III, warning them the very great gravity of their sins. This is something very to take very seriously, especially in our time, When so many of our prelates in the public eye preach error, treat sins if it doesn't exist, and are eventually exposed for their own sins. This is why we pray for our priests and the bishops, even if the ones we don't like. Especially even for the ones that we don't personally like. Let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. As always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.